Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVPC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Well, welcome to episode seven of The Pulse. We are so glad that you have taken the time to listen to us. Hopefully over the course of the last few weeks, you've become familiar with what The Pulse is all about. This week, we are talking about Easter. Pastor David has joined me to share a little bit about what you can expect on Sunday, uh, some of the thoughts and the insights that he has acquired and has been wrestling with over the course of the last week or so. But as I've spent time thinking about Easter, I've also spent time reflecting on my childhood growing up and what Easter was like, and I have so many fond memories of Easter. In particular, I remember one year going on an Easter egg hunt at my grandparents' house, and on this particular year, there was a big golden egg, and inside that golden egg, there was a $5 bill. Wow. It was For a, for a little kid, this was a big deal, and I was the one who found the golden egg. All right. It was really exciting. Do you have any, uh, any memories uh, well, mine as a kid are similar. My parents used to hide a big Easter basket for my sister and I, and uh, was loaded with candy. And of course, as a kid, that was a super big deal. But they always hit it really well. It took like an hour to find this thing, but uh, we, when we found it, there was great rejoicing. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I remember uh, going on egg hunts with my sister as well, and I was the one who found more eggs. And so that always was a a point of contention between my sister and I. But you know, you and I both know that Easter is about more. Than than just Easter egg hunts, right? Indeed. And, uh, you know, I would love if you could just share briefly a little bit about what it is that people can expect in your sermon this week. Well, I was thinking about, you know, what do people really think about God? Well, how do we really view him? And I think, unfortunately, people have a pretty negative view of God in general, kind of as a more of a commander in the sky with a whole bunch of rules to lay down on us and so forth. And so I thought this Easter we should take a real look at what the biblical vision of God is exactly like. And uh, one of the things you see when you look at God is this whole idea of a trinity. And of course that's very hard to explain in a short amount of time. But maybe we could just think of it this way, that God as he exists in three persons is a person who always lives in community. He's always in relationships. And he's a guy who, if you think of it that way, who is enjoying uh, his best friends, if you would. Uh, maybe you could think of it like yourself when you hang out with some of your best friends or with your spouse and you're just hanging out and enjoying each other. Well, God is like that. He's just enjoying the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Father. They're just enjoying one another. And uh, when you really enjoy someone, you know, you defer to them. You look to serve them. You're not looking to wrap life around yourself. You're looking to wrap life around the others. And that's what God is like. He's a self-giving person. He's always giving himself away. Um, The early church used this uh, Greek word, perichoresis, to describe God. And what they meant was that he was kind of involved in a dance, uh, kind of a choreography, if you will, that he was literally uh, enjoying himself uh, dancing together with the other members of the Trinity. Um, And, you know, that has huge implications. If God is triune, then loving relationships are at the core of God's nature. When we say God is love, I think we usually think, oh, you know, God... He acts lovingly. He does loving stuff. Um, He wants us to love one another. But what the Bible really means when it says that God is love is that actually the very essence, the core of God is love. 
And it's precisely because he's a trinity that he is love. And, of course, then that love spills out to us. He wants the best for us and for the world. And uh, it's very a very positive view in the Bible of what God is really like. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times people view the gospel and, and who God is in a different way. They view the gospel as this this book of, of rules and regulations, things that people have to do in order to get out of this difficult world and into heaven. Uh, how does this idea of God being relational relate to that? Well, one of the things you could think about first is that because God is relational uh, and enjoying these relationships, God is an infinitely happy person. And he wants the world to be a happy place. And, of course, the world is not at this moment. And that's a whole other story we could get into. But the biblical vision of the kind of the end of time is that God wants to renew and restore the creation. He doesn't want us just to escape it. He wants us to make this world a better place. And so it's not just to bring personal forgiveness that he sends Christ into the world, but to bring justice and shalom to the world. There's a great quote from a Sri Lankan Christian, Vinath Ramachandra, that sums this all up. He says, Biblical salvation lies not in an escape from this world, but in the transformation of this world. You will not find this hope for the world in any other religious system or philosophy. The biblical vision is unique. That is why when some say there is salvation in other faiths too, I ask them, what salvation are you talking about? No other faith holds out a promise of eternal salvation for the world, the ordinary world, that the cross and the resurrection of Jesus do. While that has huge implications then for our work in the world, to bring justice, to bring good into the world, to seek the good of our communities, uh, to be an active, positive force in the world, that's what the Christian life's all about. And it springs from this God who loves the world and who loves us, and then spurs us into action to love on everyone else. Yeah, and that's such a positive outlook that I think a lot of people don't necessarily hold. Indeed, you know, the people, again, have that unfortunate vision of God as kind of a commander who's laying down the rules when God is really trying to encourage us to become whole and complete people to love better. Sure, there are some rules, there's some guidelines, uh, but they're not there to stifle us. They're there to encourage us and to make us whole and to help us be healthy people. Um, Really, there's a final verse in the Bible that sums it all up. It says, at the last book of the Bible, it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. This is what a loving God wants to do and will do at the end of time. And that's really what we celebrate when we come together at Easter, is this amazingly positive God who wants to make a great positive difference in our lives. Yeah, that's such an encouraging word for us. And uh, I just want to thank you for taking a few moments to share a little bit about what you're going to be preaching on Sunday. For those of you that have been listening, I want to encourage you to come as well to include our, our Easter celebrations as a part of your, your Easter festivities, if you will. Bring a friend, bring a neighbor, bring a family member. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful time worshiping God. We do have two services, one at 9 and one at 11. And in between those at 1030, we are having an Easter egg hunt for your kids over at Shadow Lake Elementary. And so we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that as well. Well, thank you again for listening to The Pulse. We are so glad that you have taken the time to do so, and we hope that you listen to us again next week. Have a great day.